many unbelievers. Let's use it for a time of evangelism. A lot of people come to church on Easter and Christmas, you know. Some of them don't, but just invite them if they want to come hear that Jesus is alive and he did rise from the dead. A lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. That's why we're here, so we can tell them. We had a great time yesterday. We went out uh, on the streets and we handed out sandwiches to the homeless people. There's a lot of homeless people here in Tacoma that on the streets living in tents. We made, came here yesterday and made some sandwiches and you're welcome to come and help us next time to make sandwiches and we can take them to the homeless people. It was just pitiful, you know, people just Ran up, to, ran up to me when I went out and they just started taking the sandwiches out of the bag. It was just heartbreaking to see that. And they said, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, so many things that we take for granted as believers, you know. Uh, you know, maybe you have a warm house and food on the table and a bed to sleep in. A lot of people don't have that. So I went up to him and introduced myself, and I said, I'm here to show God's love. Would you guys like some sandwiches? We, our church made sandwiches, and you guys want some sandwiches? We'll give them to you. Oh, yeah, man, we want those sandwiches. I was going to get a guy one or two, but he took the whole bag. And I said, okay, take them all, man. Take all of them. So he started distributing the sandwiches to all of his friends in the tent. And I, I gave him a card, invited them to church. Uh, I'm going to go back again, and Pastor Joel went and Steve went, uh, different locations. We're going to try to build relationships with them and uh, invite them to church. Sometimes you've got to build relationships with people before, uh, before they'll hear the gospel. So we wanted to just let them know that God loves them, and uh, they said the Americans... Most of America is only two paychecks away from poverty. Two paychecks. And it could happen to anybody. But Jesus said, when you do it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So we don't want to forget the lost. We don't want to forget the homeless and the hungry. Uh, and I think it's time for the church just to reach out to them any way you can. So next time we'll... If you guys want to join, join us next time, let me know, and you can come over here and help us make the sandwiches. It will go a lot faster with more people. And it's not going to take much of your time at all. Anyway, Revelation chapter 11 this morning. Father, we ask you to open our ears and our hearts to your word this morning, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. John is still writing. Then it was given a reed like a measuring rod. Didn't say it was, he said it was like a, he always used that word, it was like a, trying to describe what he saw. And the angel stood, some people say the angel is Christ, some, some say they don't, some say it's just an angel, some say it's Christ. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God 
the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it for it has been given to the Gentiles and they will tread the holy city which is Jerusalem underfoot for 42 months which is three and a half years. Measuring the temple signifies God's ownership as the temple is being rebuilt. We know it's going to be rebuilt. Some people say it's already been rebuilt. And some say it's going to be rebuilt during the time of the tribulation. But the temple will be rebuilt by the Jews who, who have been gathered again. They have scattered. But they're going to be gathered, gathered again throughout the tribulation. We know the Jewish people now are going back to their hometown, back to Jerusalem. They are being gathered all over the world, and they're going back. They can see something going on. They can see something about to take place. Jewish worship will be carried on during the first part of the seven-year tribulation period. At the midpoint, at the midpoint of the tribulation, the man of sin, the Antichrist, he is going to want to be worshipped. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 say, he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So we know according to Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 he's going to make a covenant with the Jewish people in the midst of the tribulation period which is seven years, he's going to break his covenant. He's going to break his his promise. And then he's going to start persecuting the world. The Bible says he opposed himself above God. Showing himself he is God. He's going to go in the temple. And a lot of people are going to worship him. The last half of the tribulation is going to be the worst. The first three and a half years, peace. He came as a sword with no arrows. That means that he came as, he's going to come as a person of peace. And he's going to win a lot of people's confidence when he comes at a, as a person of peace. But at some point, it, verse 2 says that, but leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it, but it has been given to the Gentiles. At some point, the Gentiles is going to take possession, the Gentile nations. As Luke 21, 24 says, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. God has opened or will open a way to the Gentiles. In, in the temple, the Gentiles could only go so far in the temple. They had to go to a certain point and stop. It was separated from the Gentiles. But now the Gentiles can go all the way in the temple because of what Jesus did. As Ephesians 2 said, he broke down that middle wall that was separating Jew and Gentile. 
In Christ Jesus, he did a lot when he died on that cross that we don't even know yet what all he did, but he did a lot. I'm a Gentile, you're a Gentile. He did a lot for us. So we know that Jesus loved the Gentile people. And he will give power to two witnesses, verse 3, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. This refers to the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Clothes and sackcloth suggest that the witnesses are preaching, they are preaching judgment, and these two witnesses are preaching repentance. There are two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. He made them to be like Zerubbabel and Joshua. The two olive trees and candlesticks in the vision of Zechariah. He had almost the same vision. But God, God gave them the oil of the holy, the holy seal of God. God gave them holy, holy power. God gave these two witnesses courage. He gave them strength. He gave them comfort. And he made them strong like olive trees. And it says, if anyone wants to harm them, verse 5, fire proceed from their mouth and devour their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. So God's going to give these witnesses supernatural power. Fire proceeds from the mouth, devour the enemies. And if anyone wants to, to harm them, fire proceeds and kills them in this manner. And they have power to set, shed heaven, verse 6, so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the water to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with the plagues or diseases as often as they desire us. Who are these two witnesses are very debatable. Some say it's Elijah and Moses. Depends on what book you read or what commentary you read. Don't matter to me who they were. You know, God knows. So. Elijah was a man, you know, like, like passion, just like we. And he prayed and he shut the heavens up for three and a half years. Some said he was Elijah. Since he said that they had power, to, that no rain falls on those days in prophecy over the water and they've had power to turn the water into blood some people say it's Moses because Exodus chapter 7 Moses in one of the plagues turned the water into blood and some say it's Elijah and Enoch because they both was captured up and caught up in heaven translated and went to heaven never died well different views who they were uh, Enoch was taken before God. He never, he never died. Elijah never died. Some people say, who knows? But these two witnesses from God is going to be preaching in these last days of the tribulation because God always has a witness. In verse 7, when they finish their testimony, these two witnesses, the beast that ascends out of the bottom of the pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Satan is believed to be the beast. And it says their dead bodies will lie in the street 
of the great city, which is Jerusalem, which spiritists call Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Identified Jerusalem as the city of Sodom is stressing its wickedness. Comparing it to Sodom as wicked, a wicked city. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you've killed the prophets. You've killed all the ones I've, I've sent to you. How would I have loved as to hold you in my arms and embrace you like a hen with, his, with their chicks, but you would not believe it? Jesus went unto his own people. They didn't believe it. They didn't receive him. And there are still some don't. But it said after they had finished their testimony, They ascend of the bottomless pit, made war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Verse 9, and those, verse 9, then those from the people, tribes, tongue, and nation will see their dead bodies three and a half years and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Can you imagine that? The world is watching. Three prophets of God in the street. Some say by television. Some say by the media or whoever. But the whole world's going to be watching these prophets. And nobody's gonna even going to stop their help or give them a decent burial. And saying those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, making merry and send gifts to one another. Oh, they're going to have a big party. Because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. They're going to have a great celebration. They're going to have a great party because now these two prophets, man, are, are dead. And they stopped preaching that repentance stuff. And they stopped preaching that judgment stuff. The unbeliever will celebrate these witnesses' death because they preached repentance and they preached judgment. Verse 10 said they tormented those who dwelled on the earth. That message just tormented people. Because these two prophets, these two witnesses didn't hold no punches. They preached, hey man, repent or perish. God is coming. And they preached and they preached. And that is the same message that we should be preaching today. It hasn't changed. They wanted these prophets out of the way because the message tormented people. Just as they wanted the prophets out of the way, it hasn't changed much today. They want the church out of the way. We are the only voice that's going to stand for righteousness. And they're trying to silence the church. But don't let that happen, brother. I don't care how much I know or how much I read the Bible. At some point, I got to open my mouth and say something, and I'm learning more and more and more and more. I have to open my mouth and say something to people. They don't care how much I, scripture I know. Young people need hope. They want to help. I'm kind of a people person. I like to be around people. 
I was in uh, Walgreens last week, and this lady just had a nice personality. So I was, I was getting uh, checked out, and I said, boy, you have a nice personality. You're so friendly. She says, I said, are you a Christian? She says, no. I believe in God. Well, you know that open conversation right then. When people say, oh, oh well, I believe in God. You know, even the devils believe in God and they tremble. Believing in God is not going to get you into heaven. Believing on him who has sent will. The devil believe in God and the devil sure ain't going to heaven. He's going straight to hell. But it was an opportunity for me to share, share with her. I said, are you a Christian? She says, no, I believe in God. I said, well, why are you not a Christian? I said, believing in God is one, one gets you to heaven. I said, you ever, ever received Christ in your heart? Do that today. I didn't have but a few seconds. And sometimes you only got but a few seconds. Man, this got, you got to be ready because you never know when the opportunity is going gonna, is gonna to come up. So every day I leave my house, that what's going on in my mind is that gospel. And I pray as I'm walking in the neighborhoods that maybe you don't want to go with me to some of these neighborhoods, but a few of them, I'm getting to know a few of them. Uh, I'm getting more and more opportunities to share with people because I don't shut myself away. I don't shut myself up in the house no place. I think people need to hear what we know. These two prophets, they wanted them out of the way. And just like they want the church out of the way, we have a message that can convict the world. And that's why the church is becoming under more and more persecution. It's because the message brings conviction. A lot of pastors I know that are being threatened right now for preaching the gospel in the United States of America. Now, you can expect this in third world countries, but in the United States, wherever they preach, they got to have bodyguards. People threaten them, man. We don't want to hear that message. Well, these prophets preach repentance, and God always have a remnant. These prophets are all dead, but God's got a remnant now, and their remnant is you and me. So anyway, two witnesses, it says in verse 7, after they had finished their testimony, it, they died when they had finished their testimony. God, God's obedient servants are immortal until their work is done here on earth. You are not going to leave this earth until your work is done. After these martyrs had preached, they had finished what God wanted them to do, and then they were taken to heaven. As John the Baptist when he was done, he went to heaven. As Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race and I have kept the faith. When God was done with them, then God took them home. Until God is done with you, you're not going nowhere. 
coronavirus or not. The witnesses didn't even want to give these guys a decent burial. They let them lay in the street for three days like a bunch of dead animals because they hated them so bad because of the message they preached. Everybody's not going to like you, I found out, in the world. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If Christ suffered, the Bible says, and Peter, arm yourself to walk in his steps. Everybody's not going to like you. Not because you're a bad person, it's just because who you stand for. The witnesses will not even get these guys a decent burial. It was a way of humiliating your enemies to just let them lay in the street. It's a way of showing contempt. It was a way of dishonoring your enemies to just let them lay there. But sinful man has never wanted to hear God's word. These two witnesses will, will be divinely protected until their work was finished. And then God allowed them to be taken home. But they were witnesses. And I think that's what we should be in these last days. We are witnesses. Be example in the last days. So if you are bored, go witness. There's a whole bunch of people out there that need to hear. A whole bunch of them. Jehovah Witness knocks on my door. And they are so convinced that they have the truth. They don't even argue with you. You know what they do? Because I tell them where I'm coming from. They says. No problem, sir. Have a, have a good day. They leave a good taste in my mouth. They don't get upset. They don't start screaming and get angry. They don't get angry. They just go right to the next door. If they don't receive them, they go to the next door. And you do the same thing. Some people are going to want to hear, and some people are not. The ones that don't, just go on to somebody else and don't argue with them. Leave a good taste in their mouth. Don't get upset. But these witnesses are an example. And we ought to be the best witness we can, can. We can in these last days. As the world gets darker and darker, the Christians are supposed to shine brighter and brighter and brighter until people will ask you, says, hey, man, uh, you got something different. You act different. When I was working, I was hammering a nail and hitting my finger. I might have shared this before. I don't know if I did or not, but I hit my finger with this hammer. I don't know how I did it. I missed a nail hitting my finger. And an unbeliever, he says, man, I'm surprised you didn't curse. He said, I, would have, I, said, I know what you would have said. But, but God can use the little things that you don't think that he's using Maybe a kind word. He can use the littlest things to win, to win people to himself. Because the Bible says we are the only Jesus that some will ever see. Now, some, most people are not going to read the Bible, but they're going to read you. 
This is the only time in the whole book of Revelation that these people rejoiced. And they rejoiced over the death of the, prof of the prophets because their message made people feel uncomfortable. They talked about repentance and they talked about judgment. And people didn't want to hear it. And many people don't want to hear it today. But wait, the party is not over. They're having a big party, you know. They're giving gifts to each other and everything, and they're having a big celebration. These prophets are out of the way, but they're going to be resurrected, verse 11. Now, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God. Where did it come from? It said it came from God. God breathed in man, and man became a living soul, right? So this breath came from God and entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great Fear fell on those who saw them. I guess so. And they heard a loud voice from heaven and said to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. The enemy is sitting here watching as these guys come to life. They had been laying there for three days. It says in verse 12, they saw them. The second war is passed. Behold, the third war is coming. The resurrection of these witnesses. They are raised from the dead, caught up into heaven. The whole world is watching. Now the whole world is in fear. The word fear is used eight times in this book, up over and over and over again. The world panic. How can a person be dead and laid out three days and all of a sudden, boom, he raises from the dead? So the whole world gets fearful. I would have been fearful too. I think you would have too. There's a lot of fear going on in the world right now. Satan controls people through fear. Everybody's, I mean, not, maybe not you, but the world is fearful. They're fearful. I see people in the car by themselves wearing masks. Nobody in the car but them. I'm thinking, what? Two men caught up to heaven. Everybody's watching. And the great earthquake will destroy a tenth and kill 7,000 people. Can you imagine? Verse 13, God gave, and they gave glory to God of heaven. You know, they said they gave glory to God, but it doesn't mean that they're really repentant. They were terrified. And the rest, people who are still living, they did not come to faith in Christ. The rest there, you know, God has, God has given people opportunity to come, to come to him. said the rest were afraid. They gave glory to God in heaven. Don't mean that they repented. God is still waiting for people to come. How many people are going to be in heaven? We don't know. There's going to be a lot. I'm told that heaven is big enough to hold the whole world. Now the whole world is not going there, but it's big enough to hold anybody that, that wants to go.
we're going to find out after seeing these guys lay on the street and they come, come back to life, they're going to get angry. Check this out. Verse 15. Then the seven angels sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Allude to the return of Christ. This is an absolute certainty that Christ is going to come to this earth. The second coming of Christ. The rapture, he comes in the air that snatches us out. But the second coming, he's going to come to the earth. He said he's going to reign forever. In verse 16, and the 24 elders who sat before God on their throne fell on their faces and worshiped him. 24 elders mean the church. Saying, we give thanks, O Lord God, the one who is and the one who was and the one is to come. Because you have taken your great power and reign. He is, he was, and he is to come. Mean he's eternal. That means he has no time. He has no beginning and no end. That's why he can't be understood. How could anything have no, no beginning and no end? Maybe you understand that, but I, don't, I, I can't get it, but I don't have to get it. I thought everything had a beginning and an end, but God is just eternal. He's just God. He has no beginning, no end. Yes. He wasn't even created. How do you understand that? You don't. Verse 18, the nation was angry. After the earthquake and the killing and the prophets preached repentance, they said the nation were angry, verse 18. And your wrath has come in the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. The nations were angry after all of that Killed the prophets, seeing the prophets being raised from the dead, didn't cause repentance. It said the nations got angry, said their hearts became harder. As they told Jesus in Luke 19, 14, they said, we don't want this man to reign over us. That's what they told him. But he said, he, what are you going to do? He rewarded your servants, your prophet, and your saints. The prophets, you know, the one that faithfully proclaimed the word of God, the servants and the prophets, we're all going to be rewarded. Now, why would God reward us? I'll be just glad to get there. But he said he's going to reward your servants, your prophets, and your saints. Because the Bible said we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to, re to receive the things that are done in this body according to what we have done, whether good or bad. And this is not referring to salvation. This is, this is referring to rewards. Whatever you do here, in other words, it's going to count there. This life will soon pass, but the only thing that is done for Christ will last. But all the unbelievers are going to face the white throne judgment. Revelation 20, we'll get to that. But he said he's going to destroy those that destroy the earth. You know, God did not destroy this earth. God, everything man has touched, the air, uh, the water, he's destroyed it. Everything God made was good.
But he said he's going to reward those that served him. God is going to reward you. Everything that you do for Christ, you're going to be rewarded. Works before you came to Christ didn't mean anything, hardly. But I'll tell you what, works after you come to Christ means a whole lot. The things you do for Christ. Rewards to the servants. Those who have used their gifts and their talents for God, those who have served served him, those who have surrendered their life to Christ, those who have supported God's work with their finances. It depends on the person. Everything that, that God made was good. Man came along and destroyed the land, the sea, and everything else. But he says he's going to reward it. He's going to reward you for your faithfulness. He's going to reward you for your giving. He's going to reward you for the life that you've lived, the example that you've been. So the time we have on earth is very short. So we've got to do what we can while we can because the clock is ticking. He said, then the temple of God was opened in heaven and the ark of the covenant was seen in his temple and there was lightning, noise, thunders, and earthquakes and great hails. It speaks of God's judgment. The ark was a symbol of God's presence. You know, it was only temporary though. But it was a shadow of things to come. It was pointing toward the heavenly covenant. And one day, we will see, one day we will see the beauty. We have a lot to look forward to. That's what keeps me going. We have a lot to look forward to. I'm not so caught up on the here and now. What I'm doing is I'm trying to let go of all this world chaos. I get enough emails. I could sit there and read emails all day. But I'm getting pretty good at the, at the lead button. I'm getting pretty good at it. I can't sit there no four hours and read that stuff. I have to pick and choose, you know. But we have a lot to look forward to, so I hope that you keep your eyes on the finish line. I hope that you keep your eyes on Jesus because we know in the end you're going to win. We know that. So if we could stay focused and stay true and stay close to Christ, you will have peace that passes understanding even right now. Don't be distracted with all this chaos out there. There's a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot of noise out there. A lot of noise. So I just try to get myself way away from that stuff. You know what I mean? Because nobody's got the answer. Everybody's got this. Everybody see the problems. But no one's got the solution. What are you going to do about it? Well, you say you can pray. Well, okay, that's fine. But God's still in control. Next week, we'll continue on. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to come and hear your word. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to stay focused on the things of Christ. And if you're here today, you don't know Christ as your Savior, It's time for you to invite him into your heart right now. Anyone here before we close that you don't know Christ, 
but you would like to, you would like to go to heaven. He's already paid the price. All you got to do is just ask him to come into your heart and forgive you, and he will. We want to give everybody an opportunity. If you're here, you don't have Christ. Just raise your hand. We'll pray with you. Father, we're so thankful that we have you in these last days. All the turmoil and all the hardships that's going on, we know, God, that if we stay close to you, we will have victory. Let's all stand.